the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's episode of the Spot Track Podcast is brought to you, as always, by our presenting sponsor, The Athletic, a subscription-based sports news website breaking down all the latest with upcoming free agency, trades, franchise tags, NBA, uh, the second half of the NBA season, which we're going to talk about today a little bit, and of course, the NHL trade deadline, which is upon us. So really, every all four sports, including baseball, which spring training starts this weekend, if you're interested in that sort of thing, which I am, by the way. Uh, the Athletic covers it all. They're an unbelievable partner for us. They uh, take all the numbers, all the news, all the, all the highlights, put it into long form. Uh, it's a dying art, but it is it is a necessary art, and I'm I'm really happy to be partnered with them. I go to our site constantly to see which teams are are highlighted. There's current articles from on every team page on SpotTrack you can click to, and if you click through and go to theathletic.com/spottrack, you'll get forty percent off. That's two ninety nine a month for your first year. Uh, build annually after that. It's really affordable for the amount of coverage you get. I mean, you get articles upon articles every single day. There's a great app associated with it. It's super easy to use. It's where everything's going right now, guys. Just uh, just dive in, $2.99 a month using SpotTrack. All right, we're going to bring in Scott Allen. It's a, it's a bit of a basketball day. Basketball is back after the little all-star break hiatus, which was fun. We didn't talk about it too much, but, man, they did a nice job with this all-star game. They really figured out, at least to some degree, how to make this thing worth watching. And I think worth playing, too. I think the players probably had a, a solid effort as well to take away from that. So this is good news for the NBA as we head towards even more innovation with, I think, a in-season tournament next year coming, things like that. Um, and, boy, aren't the other leagues trying to catch up right now? Everybody's got their own version of how to change their game, including the NFL, which just recently t- talked about adding another playoff game, six wild card games Saturday and Sunday. So there'll be seven seeds. Um, not sure. Not going to get into that today, but we'll see. We'll see how that evolves with this new CBA, which is really kind of getting to the finish line from what we see. I don't think the funding rule has been figured out yet. And the uh, the spending rule, you know, right now it's three, four years. I, that's got to get quicker. You've, you need to have, you should be spending 90% of your, of your cash floor every two years. And that's how players get paid. That's how veterans get paid. That's how we avoid teams from just diving back into the draft to fill their rosters every single year and uh, get rid of their high-paid veterans. We're seeing too much of it, and we're seeing it starting this week, with, uh, including the Browns, who, man, they, they dumped four veterans, and they've got a ton of cap space already. So that's just football. That's football moves. They, they're easily able to maneuver their roster because of their cap space. Too many teams have cap space. Not enough teams are spending cash right now. So... In my opinion, that's the part of the CBA that really needs to get addressed. We'll keep up with that on Twitter. A lot of good stuff coming out from the NFL with that, and uh, especially at the guys over at ESPN who really do a nice job of breaking this down. So we'll keep up with that. Maybe there'll be a, a, a more news to break with that in, in the next show with Kevin and Paul. But like I said, today we're going to bring in Scott Allen. We're, at, we're, we're approaching the buyout deadline, which doesn't sound flashy, but this has been the moniker that these great contending teams have gotten better and gotten themselves more depth, maybe a couple of starters here and there. But this is where teams essentially say, all right, we're done. We're out. You know, what big contracts can we buy out and do right by these players and let them go sign somewhere else? Um, There's the thing with NBA buyouts, and we'll have Scott talk about it a little more. Uh, It's not like a hockey buyout or a baseball buyout or an NFL dead cap buyout. 
All right. These are negotiable. Okay. So, you know, when Reggie Jackson says he's leaving Detroit, um, there, there's a, there's a back and forth with that. All right. He's got X dollars left. He can agree to, t- to, he can demand that he gets paid all X dollars. And oftentimes that does happen. Um, but there's, there can also be some leeway. He can agree to, all right, I, I'm going to, I'm going to take 10 million less than what I'm owed from Detroit just to get out of here. And I'm going to try to make that back up with whatever I sign in the, in the Clippers, for instance, or I'll get that back in my free agency next year. There's wiggle room. All right. It's not always dollar, a one-to-one dollar for dollar buyout. So that's why when these things happen, we don't have these things updated immediately on the website because we're, we're sort of trying to understand the numbers, understand the negotiation that got in place. Um, and generally speaking, that translates to a new deal with a new team very quickly. So it's an important time of year for a lot of these contending NBA teams. I think the Lakers are going to get involved. I expect the Celtics to get involved. Not sure about Philadelphia because they're. I'm not sure about much that the Philadelphia 76ers have done this year, to be honest. So we'll see if they get involved in this process as well. But Scott's got a list of names of buyout candidates, what those numbers might be, where they might where they might end up, and we'll go from there. Then after that, we're gonna I'm gonna drill them a little bit on some of these over unders and the futures of the NBA. Uh, MVP, who's going to win the MVP, who's going to make the playoffs, who's going to get to the finish line, are the Lakers, the Clippers, the Bucks, really the teams to beat. Uh, we're going to get his thoughts on how the numbers betting-wise fall out from here. All right, let's bring in Scott. All right, Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here again. Whenever you're here, it's time to talk NBA. Like I said, this isn't the flashiest conversation to have, but it's important. And this is, uh, I mean, for a lot of years in baseball, that waiver trade claim <laughs> was sneakily one of the biggest moves you could make, right? That's how the, the Astros acquired Justin Verlander in the, at the end of August. Um, a lot of teams sort of let the let the the frill of the trade deadline pass, and then decided, all right, we're going to let teams really figure out that they're not in it this year, and then we're going to get to straight out buyouts because, and correct me if I'm wrong. Teams that are able to acquire buyout players, and this isn't a trade, this is a, a release and then a, a new signing, but those new signings are generally dirt cheap. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, you are correct. Most of the time, those players are signing minimum base salaries that are already been prorated. Right. Um, in some instances, if there's exceptions left over um, or a disabled exception that a team had acquired, uh, They'll, they may use that, but for the most part, it's the minimum prorated amounts. Do, do the Warriors have an exception left? Do I remember hearing that somewhere? Uh, I do not recall. I can look quickly while we're yeah. talking here. I'm just wondering um, if they're going to add another piece, just like they did with Wiggins, that sets themselves up for next year. <laughs> you know, They certainly don't need a piece this year, but, man, looking forward, if they could sneak someone off the buyout line here, uh, it'd just be another shrewd move by them. Yeah. Yeah, they, they have um, a little bit left on their uh, MLE, um, but they, they can also sign with minimums. A, a lot of times you'll see some 10 days as well. Um, I mean, we saw that with we saw that with Houston here. They, they have decided that they signed Jeff Green to a 10 day and, and then they're going to sign Damari Carroll as well. He was a buyout from uh, San Antonio. So you're going to see some wiggle room uh, when you look at it. A lot of the teams have 14 or 15 players signed already. So a lot of the most of them have 15 already. So in the instance that they want to sign a buyout, some 
teams are going to have to release some players, usually those lower amounted salaries to get that veteran presence on your roster as you go into uh the the playoffs here so so let's um, let's hash it out the deadlines march 1st for a team to to waive their player buy a player out yeah march 1st is the the deadline for the player to remain playoff eligible so if for some reason a player was bought out on march 3rd and they wanted to sign with the lakers they can play through the regular season but they would not be playoff eligible because they had been uh bought out after that march 1st deadline now with that being said guys that are already free agents that didn't play at all this year um like an andrew bogut or other guys that are playing overseas those guys can sign anytime they want we saw that with cleveland a few years um when lebron was there Mm -hmm. they would sign guys on the last day of the season just to have they they pay them that very small amount for that one day, but then they're on the roster for playoffs. So yeah. Is that, um, is that something that should change? Because I feel like every other, every other league has done this where there's a limit where after you can't sign a player after said date and, and that player's not eligible for the postseason. It just seems like that's, well, that's a maneuvering yeah, of the system. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's funny that you brought up the major league baseball, uh, waiver deadline, because I had thought about this the last few days with these buyouts coming through and it's almost like, all right, they moved the all-star or they moved the trade deadline before the all-star game. And now they have this buyout and it's sort of, you know, teams playing chicken with each other. Are you really going to trade? Are you not? And if not, then we're just going to reduce some salary and let guys be released so that they can go to a contender anyways. Are you saying so the there's, team, there's collusion happening during all-star weekend? <laughs> I, no, I'm not saying that by any means. I what I'm, <laughs> I'm sure that's happening for sure. Um, but I don't know anything about that. But what I am saying is, uh, you know, you've got the, this game of chicken and then you've got teams, they're buying them out and getting cash back where they're not having to pay them, but then these guys are going, I I would almost rather it be at this point with how, how much money these players are earning to go to the major league baseball system where the trade deadline is the trade deadline and the buyout is at the trade deadline is just one hard deadline. You either buy the guy out or you trade them and it's none of this. uh, We're going to buy them out four days later and and go from there. I mean, from a team standpoint, yeah, you get cash back, but they're not getting anything well, in a trade aspect. Yeah, that's actually the point I was going to make there is the the reason I understand this with basketball is because it is difficult to trade somebody. Because the ma- the salaries have to match because if you have Reggie Jackson at a at a contract that you really shouldn't have had him at, which Detroit did, it's very hard to take somebody on and also try to keep losing i mean that's 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 essentially the model they're in right now right i mean they don't want to acquire somebody good because it'd be a waste for that player and a waste for where the team's currently is right now but you know you got to match 25 million dollars in salary or 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 close to it to to make that trade official that's hard to do in their current mindset so i i do understand and, and, and to this point i'm i'm happy that reggie jackson gets to leave and and figure out where he wants to go. I understand the players have a ton of power right now. And this is just another version of that, right? That Reggie mm-hmm. Jackson now gets to choose his team. Um, but I'm, 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 I'd rather see that than Reggie Jackson be miserable in Detroit. 
So uh, while I understand what you're saying, it, it, there is just a later season advantage to doing this, and baseball had it forever, and they did get rid of it. Um, I, I I do think it's harder to trade somebody in basketball than it is anywhere else because of the constrictions with the salary. Yeah, to that yeah, point, that's a great though, point. But to that point, there are so many people making $15 million a year oh. now that uh-huh. I mean, you can throw in the third guy in the bench and he's probably going to help you match at this point. So yeah, we what, might be what, getting to a point, Scott, where your point is valid, where because the, there's so much matching salary out there, we're not going to need this anymore. Yeah, because the, the, the players that we've seen bought out already have made somewhere between 13 million, 15 million. Yeah. Um, so in the amounts that were given back, I was just going to uh, say, you said saving cash. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we're talking between 750 yeah. to $800,000 that they're, they're giving back. So Which, correct me if I'm wrong, is the minimum salary they're going to go make somewhere else, correct? Probably. In most instances, that's what they do. Whatever their prorated amount would be, they seem to give back that amount right. to offset. Um, but I mean, in, for, for the teams, yeah, it's chump change, but in their case, if they're close to a luxury tax or anything yep. like that, they'll take what they can get. Yeah, that's right. There's a, there's a lot of reasons to do something like this. It's not just we're giving the player the power to leave. Uh, there's a lot of financial reasons to do it, and m- most of the time it, it stems to we're a bad team right now, right? We're a bad team. Uh, the, these players don't have a future with us. I'd rather do this now then have to trade him in the offseason and put together some kind of, you know, you know, four piece puzzle to get this thing done. Whereas I could just eat it right now, get him out of here and move on. Um, yeah. They're, so ri- they're I, ripping I, off the bandaid. Yeah. Which <laughs> I do understand it. And I think that's a good part of the game right now. We'll see if that evolves though, to where maybe the next iteration of the CBA, this becomes a point of contention. All right. We've got, you mentioned a couple of the names already. I mentioned Reggie Jackson, he, it appears he's headed to the Clippers to mm-hmm. be a depth point guard for them. Uh, Michael K. Gilchrist is out in Charlotte, as well as Marvin Williams. Uh, boy, those were two figures for that team. Uh, that, that, that ended quickly in Charlotte. I mean, the Kemba Walker era, you know, went out the door this offseason. The pieces they brought in to, to sort of fill in the blanks a little bit, they're basically gone at this point. That team is uh, back at square one, right? Yeah, they are. They, they're... I guess for lack of a better word, tank mode at this point, yeah. they, they shipped them out and they're just going to move forward now and see where they can go. Scott, is this a good draft coming? Uh, I mean, I just I, haven't heard anything about it yet. And generally you do I, by now outside of a, a handful of guys. That's all I know. I, I haven't followed college basketball as much uh, this season to know. Yeah. Really I mean, is, how is there well even a number is. one pick that I, I can't even, I can't even give you I that mean, right now. I guess the overall favorite from what I've heard is Wiseman and then, um, uh, yeah, I I mean, but I don't know the answer. Yeah. That probably means it's not a great draft. If we, you know, if we don't have at least one or two superstars who are vying for the top of the draft right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I do wonder if that affects how teams operate the next couple of months and into the off season, because it's also not a great free agent class. Correct? No, not not at all. Yeah. So this might yeah. be a bit of a down off season for the NBA unless some of these big players decide which, to move, right? Which well, which is why I was kind of surprised that we didn't see more moves yeah. as we talked about in a previous podcast uh, because, I mean, teams know that the cap isn't going to go up. It's going to go up, but not as much as they expected. 
the free agency class is not as stellar as it has been in the past. It will be after that, but this one upcoming is not. Uh, so we may see a lot of sign in trades or yes. uh, that kind of thing. Like we did, we saw an influx of that this past off season. Uh, so I, I almost think we're going to see more of that because of not having extensive cap space on some of these teams. It's really it's bad, way, right, Scott? It, well, the cap space situation is dire right now. It is. I mean, I think there's a, from the last I looked, four teams that could potentially offer a maximum. Hmm. And then outside of that, there are cap space, but uh, not maximum amount of money to, to spend on players. Um, so you, you may see, and well, like we said, some of these dollar amounts are so large that I think we're seeing players say, okay, I'll take, instead of getting 8% raise and getting a max here. Oh yeah. To stay right. Uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to take a sign and trade, take the 5% and still get a lot of money and go to a team where I want to. And then the team on the flip side can get something in return. I mean, we saw that with golden state and then they double flipped it and with Minnesota with the Russell trade. So you're seeing some, some gamesmanship and chess piece moves, uh, is the landscape is always changing. Let me throw you off topic here and put you on the spot as well. Two things I know you love to hear on live radio. Um, Who's the biggest name that could move next offseason? Mm. Let me give you a few. I'll make it more of a multiple choice answer. Uh, Joel Embiid, Gordon Hayward, Tobias Harris. Note, note how I'm picking on the uh, Philadelphia mm-hmm. 76ers here. Right. Chris Paul, Kevin Love, CJ McCollum. I'll stop mm. there. Wow. Yeah. Isn't there, isn't there a world where all of those players could be on the move? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I could see that for real. Yeah. Uh, I think the 76ers are an interesting case study because of their whole. I didn't even mention Al Horford. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but their quote unquote process. And if for some reason they have to move on from Embiid or for lack of Simmons. Start, let's start right there. I mean, let's say, yeah, the entire roster, everybody, Simmons, Horford, Embiid, Tobias Harris, who goes? I think one of the pieces for sure is going to go. Which one is it, though? Oh, man. I, I think Embiid. Yeah, I do, too. I, I think Embiid. Uh, I think a team will take that on for the hopes of, all right, let's see if a new new scenery can can change it. Um, I mean, there's been the the tweeting back and forth with Jimmy Butler and that kind of stuff. I so, I mean. Yeah, but they don't need a center. No, they don't. But <laughs> I, I think – I think if you have to move one piece, it's got it, it's got to be Embiid at this point, okay. especially with the injury history. You don't know. I mean, he's one knee issue away from it collapsing. So I'd say him. I don't see McCollum being moved. I think Portland likes him with Damian Lillard. So I, I'll say I, yeah, I don't. How foresee. long can you play the same record? I, I agree. Something's going to have to change at some point, but for right now, if it's just this off season, I, I don't foresee them moving him. Okay. Uh, Chris Paul's interesting, with especially with how been Oklahoma great. city has been. Yeah. Um, so you almost, 
wonder, do we, do we just, with the assets they already have, keep that veteran presence and then bring in another young kid or uh, use that to flip and get something else? I mean, they're, they're really on the fly fixing their, their roster after being decimated with having lost Harden and then Westbrook and, and Durant. So they've done a nice job here of flipping that around. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, one more question. I, th- I think Kevin Love. Uh, yeah. I, I think Kevin Love will get moved. Um, I know when we were talking about buyout candidates, Tristan Thompson has been thrown all over the place, whether or not he's going to get bought out or not. And yeah. but I think I think at some point with the way the Cavaliers have looked, they may move out from that, really rip off the band aid, and try to get back to the number one pick and see where they can go from there. Hmm. Okay. You mentioned Tristan Thompson. Obviously, the Lakers are going to be a big, uh, you know, at, at least a consideration because of the LeBron connection. Um, I don't see it though. Do you? I don't think that's. I don't think that's what the Lakers need. I think the Lakers need shooting depth. Yeah. Um, so there's probably other names on your list here that make a little bit more sense. Somebody like Courtney Lee, maybe Evan Turner, even, but or even Bobby Portis if the Knicks want to get rid of half their team, which they very well <laughs> could. Yeah, they could. But. I don't know. I mean, who's going to make Tristan Thompson their piece going forward for the rest of the season? Can Boston do it? That, that has been, uh, a lot that I've heard Tristan Thompson, Boston, would he go there? Who, who, who would they remove from their roster? Because Right. right now they have 15, so they'd have to move somebody off their roster to make space for that. Or does, does Cleveland just, suck it up and finish the season out with what they have. And then again, rip off the bandaid at the off season and go from there. Uh, I've got a bit of a, of a wild card or a dark horse for him. Uh, there's a really good team who's been way better than we thought they were going to be, who probably have a chance to compete in that East. And their big man's been hurt for a while. Marcus Saul, right? I mean, can't Toronto be involved in this mm-hmm. conversation? They could, like I said, the, a lot of these players sign the minimum, so they're they're over the cap, so they could sign them at the minimum value and, and bring them in if they wanted to. Yeah, um, they're at fifteen, so they'd have to move somebody mm-hmm. uh, off the bottom of the roster, most likely to bring him in. Uh, but do you, do you go in for that upgrade? Potentially. Is Demarcus Cousins done for the year officially? Actually, I actually saw a report that there's a chance that he may be back okay. for the, for the playoffs. So, so maybe uh, that's the buyout they need right there. <laughs> I mean, he's not, he's not going to help from a, a small guard, you know, a shooting guard standpoint, but no. certainly that, that addresses your size uh, depth issue. If, if they think they have one. All right. Uh, I have one more question for you and it's not related to buyouts, but maybe it should be. Uh, is Kyrie Irving's injury being diagnosed <laughs> as waiting for Kevin Durant? Oh man, I'm so sick of saying I'll, this stuff, but it gets, I know. the story just keeps adding chapters. I, at this point, I want to say yes. Why? I mean, we've seen the, the video of Durant shooting in the gym and showing that he's working his way back. I mean, at this point, don't you just say as a team, we're going to shut you down. You're not coming back. We'll, we'll take our lumps and whatever, draft pick we end up with we end up with and we come back in uh the next season and we've got two full healthy superstars and 
see if they can actually gel. Uh, I mean, they're going to make the playoffs, right? Potentially. They're yeah. at seven right now. Yeah. I mean, depending on what happens here uh, as games start up again tonight, I mean, the Wizards have been playing better ball. Magic have been playing decent ball here towards the end. Um, I, I don't foresee the Bulls or the Hornets really making any moves. So, I mean, if the Wizards and the Magic can really yeah. put the pedal down, you could see, especially if Kyrie does not come back and they, for quote unquote, let, shut, shut it down or get better or whatever, uh, they, they could fall to the ninth and then be out. Um, but a- anyone else in the bottom of the East here, I, I don't foresee them really moving up a lot. Okay. Yeah, so, they're yeah, in a bad spot for sure. They're in a bad I spot. I mean, if they do make it in and they're in the seventh or eighth, they're going to be out in the first round most likely. And if that's the case, do you bring – Does in, if Durant is ready, do they say, all right, bring him in just to get some reps and to gel? I, I don't know if you want to do that, especially what happened with mm-hmm. – Last off season, I think you're better off taking that extra two, three months and really let them work it, work out and really strengthen that. Don't push to game level um, pace. So have the Clippers done enough? I know you like the Reggie Jackson move. Yeah, I do. I, th- I think they have done enough. I think they've solidified their depth. The nuggets, we really didn't see them do anything. So we'll see if they can sustain that. And, um, but I I like the depth that they did. The rockets have sort of made some moves here, but I mean, boy, the West is crazy. Let's get into it. it I want, I wanted to flip to some futures (laughs) odds here because, uh, you know, uh, I've heard it a few times now from a lot of these NBA experts that they thought there were going to be six legitimate contending teams in the West uh, right. You know, I I think we all agree the uh, that the Lakers are there and and the Clippers are sort of waiting in the wings to be there. I don't think a lot of people believe in Denver, even though they are who they are again for like the third yeah. consecutive season. They're right there. Utah is knocking on the door. They're a couple of you know roster. I, I think they just have to get hot. They have lately, but they well, have, yeah, this that, has been a team that hasn't even operated with Mike Conley. Their big their big splash exactly. off season acquisitions. Mm-hmm. So. If they get it all worked out in the next two months, they're they may maybe they leapfrog Denver into what could be the number three contention. So well, and, and but then you mentioned Houston up until the, yeah. Well, in the Jazz, they they've been based on record. The records are so yeah close. I mean, they're within a game, game and a half. So Utah has been all the way up to the second seed. Right. They're at the fourth seed now. So because of how close some of these teams are. One win every night jumps up and down in, in the standing. So every win is going to be crucial, especially in the West, going down the stretch here. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, the Lakers are going to win the West, right? Or will it be the Clippers? No, I, I think it's going to be the Lakers at this point. Okay. Um, I, I, and the reason I say that is I still think coming out of the all-star break here, you're going to see Kawhi take rests. Paul George was still injured. We'll see how he sustains. And, you know, uh, it's almost assumed he's going to have some rest days. I think you'll see them ramp up here towards the mid-March, towards the end of March. But I I don't think the Clippers need or want the first seed. They want their guys healthy going uh, going into the playoffs 
so that they can take that beating because of how stacked this West is right now. So I'm looking at the odds right now, the futures, and I'm looking specifically at the championship odds. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty darn close between the Lakers and the Clippers, as you might imagine. And obviously the Bucks are pretty much your, your betting favorites right now. The Lakers are a little bit higher than them, but, but it's leaning towards the Bucks. So Bucks Lakers is what Vegas wants. Um, Houston to me is the most interesting team because of what they did from a, mm-hmm. a structural standpoint, uh, because of the players on that team, we just haven't seen Westbrook and James Harden ever get this thing to the finish line. But they ha- they are better odds to win than Utah, than Toronto, than Denver, than Boston, than a- every other secondary team. And I consider Houston to be a secondary team right now in their conference. I mean, they're at least second tier. Some might consider them third because of their inconsistency. Um, I I would I wouldn't bet Houston twelve to one with your money. <laughs> I think those are terrible <laughs> odds. Those are, those are way too good, good of odds. I'd like to get them closer to 20 right now, because I just don't think anybody should believe that their system can get to the finish line. Right? Yeah. That, and that's the, the case study here. Daryl Morey thinks small ball is the way to go right now, quick in the pace. And we're, we're going to find out real quick, mm-hmm. especially when the playoffs start here, if this system is the way to go is it is it a trend or is it uh something that's sustainable we'll see um we we know how the the nba playoffs can be especially when you get into six and seventh game seven game uh series do they have the 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 strength to get through that especially with a pace um so how about these how about these numbers scott let's look at this real quick so the current NBA standings in the East are the Bucks, the Raptors, the Celtics, and the Heat. Okay, those four in order. Here's how the odds lay out. I told you Bucks were three to one. The number two Raptors are twenty five to one right now. Ooh, on a I cu- like that. On a couple of these sites. Then Boston is twenty to one, and the Heat mm. are twenty twenty five to one. So of the four, they think the Eastern Conference Championship is going to be Milwaukee Boston. Do you agree? And can't Tristan Thompson to Toronto change that quite a bit? Uh, wouldn't Tristan Thompson to Toronto or Boston? I mean, well, Bo- th- those are two, t- two. Those are two teams we talked about. Scott, I'm, so. looking, I'm looking at those odds, <laughs> thinking they already are assuming that one of these guys are going to Boston. Yeah, Boston's not right. that much better than Toronto. They're just not. They're not five points better than Toronto in terms of. I mean, I, I I know at the beginning of the season I said the Sixers. Uh, right now, the Bucks just look solid. No question. And, with Giannis playing 30 minutes and breaking records and only playing 30 minutes a game. I mean, he's just unbelievable. So when he does ramp it up and plays more and takes over a game, even more so than he already is. And and that Bucks team is super deep. And I've always, I've said this for the last few years here. Depth is what helps win championships. We saw it with the Raptors. We've seen it with, uh, you know, golden state with how much depth they've had coming off the bench and that kind of stuff. So, um, as far as Bucks Celtics, Ooh, um, yeah, it, I, I like the Raptors. Um, I, I like the Raptors and Bucks just because of the, like I said, the depth and, um, so that's what I'll go with. Yeah, that yeah. sounds good. All right, you mentioned Giannis. Obviously, he's the MVP favorite. Those numbers haven't changed too much. Um, boy, Luca is up all the way up to second now. 
Really is. And, and he's his sort of facade has quieted down a little bit, right? The injury. Yeah. Dallas as a whole has sort of quieted down. But yeah, he's he's the uh, second favorite to win the MVP right now ahead of LeBron. And then it's James Harden, which I, that one that one kind of puzzles me, too. I mean, there are nights when he, he just kind of walks away and lets Russ take over, which I completely understand in the regular season. I don't I don't see James Harden as an MVP this year. Do you? No, I don't. Yeah. I, I definitely see uh, Luca more so than uh, James Harden because without Luca, they struggle to a certain point. Yeah. So he definitely has made the Mavericks who they are right now. Um, so, yeah, I like that. Is there a world where Anthony Davis can swipe up and win this thing? He's 22 no. to one right now. What's that? Fourth in the list? Fifth? Mm, he's fifth. Yeah. Fifth. Uh, it's Giannis is to lose, right? No, it's Giannis is to lose. And I, no, I don't, I don't foresee Anthony Davis jumping LeBron, uh, just because of the storyline. Yeah. You mentioned LeBron to me, that's the bet. You can get it at eight and a half to one right now. He's basically averaging a triple double. <laughs> I mean, he's doing everything. Um, you know, some nights he just takes over the game. A lot of nights he's facilitating and making Anthony Davis be great. Um, especially if they get some sort of buyout help on the shooting uh, to, in terms of shooting and this team gets deeper. I, I really think LeBron could sneak up this second half and be the face of the league again. It's Giannis right now. There's no question it's Giannis and that's why he's the heavy betting favorite. But of all these names we mentioned, LeBron's got a chance, right? A chance, and he's in Los Angeles, so yeah. a big market. Yeah. And you get if he if he really ramps it up and takes over, and then that's the those headlines are going to supersede uh, Giannis. But I guess that's what I'm saying. The, like, for what, those what that, if the Lakers win the next twenty out of twenty five, and, and pull away oh, in, the, yeah. in the West, right? I mean, doing that would would generate so much buzz that he's going to be right there at the end of the day. I, I still think yeah, Giannis wins this thing, but to me, eight and a half to one for, for LeBron makes a lot of sense. It does. And we, we've seen him play a sort of different style of game where he's been doing more assists and that kind of stuff. So, um, but like I said, the big market name uh, is would help, but I agree. I think Giannis is the overall favorite, especially when you look at an entire season's worth of work. Yeah. Um, but it, it would definitely be interesting to see the two of them go up against each other for the MVP odds, especially after what just went down in the all-star game. So not Kyrie at 200 to one. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I wouldn't use your money or put your house no. on the mark that one. <laughs> no, I mean, I hope they prove us wrong. It'd be a great story, but it yikes. would. All right. This was good. Uh, I think we're all thinking, you know, the big teams get there, but I, I, I agree with, with you. And, and I think, the buyout, the something to watch this buyout season, which is basically the next week and a half will be actually, is there a date uh, of when these buyout players can be signed or is it go with your other point that I can be right to the end of the regular season? If they're waived before that March one deadline, they could be signed after that point at any time and be playoff eligible. So. Okay. Yeah. So there's no yep. deadline outside of the regular season. So yeah, to me, Toronto's the team to watch. Are they going to get somebody to, to kind of fill in the blanks for some of these injuries? Honestly, Denver could use the same. They've got a couple of decent names on the injured reserve right now as well. Um, and maybe there's a more short term, but I, I just still, I think those two teams are on the outside looking in right now, even though Toronto has been outstanding and uh, maybe one player off this buyout line could make them, could push them up to contention. And the odds certainly are in your favor if you think so as well.
Mm-hmm. All right, Scott. Good stuff. Thanks. We'll be back soon. Thanks. Talk more more. All right. My thanks to Scott Allen for that NBA segment. I think I might go bet me some Toronto Raptors right now after talking that out. It's cathartic. A couple other topics we're, ta- we're dealing with this week. Um, I'm probably going to push a big franchise tag, transition tag episode till next week with Kevin and Paul on Tuesday. So keep an eye out for that. Plenty of names to discuss. And until the new CBA gets into fold, I don't think it's going to happen. So teams will be able to use a franchise tag and a transition tag. So if, as you're doing your, your research and projecting some things out for your team this, this offseason, keep that in mind. That will be big for teams like Tennessee, Dallas, maybe a few more. But I do think we're going to see that happen because of the experience CBA. We'll get to all the names next episode on that. Um, I'm starting a little series on Twitter um, because I don't feel like writing, <laughs> quite frankly. Uh, I'm going to put out a couple of tweets every day for the next couple of days with NFL extension candidates where I'm going to break down you know, how much left on their contract, how, how old they are, a couple of stats that go with them, and then what our evaluation for them will be going forward. So um, we've started a few of those today. M- many of you have probably seen that already. I'm going to keep that going, switch it up, try to get a couple from each position out there. And then we'll talk a little bit more about that as well. I expect a couple of those extensions to come through soon, by the way, as teams figure out their cap space situation heading towards March 18th. Another thing, um, we've got all the upcoming guarantees and roster bonus dates and all that figured out. And we've got a page on Trek that I will tweet out soon. That is a basically a filterable list of all this. So you can go and see when Carson Wentz's roster bonus kicks in. I did a tweet yesterday that breaks down the ungodly amount of money that Jared Goff will be locking in in March 19th. And there's a lot of those. There's a lot of players that will get paid this year, some guarantees locked in for next year, things like that. We've got a whole running list of that all database that will get out there, and I'll tweet that soon. Outside of that, baseball's here. Spring training is going to start this weekend. Many of these rosters are close to finalized. Spring invites are in now. Um, the only th- the only piece of the puzzle really left for us will be finding the, figuring out the pre-arbitration salaries. So, you know, there's many many of these younger guys on each roster that make less than a million dollars a year. Um, you know, the, the minimum this year is about five hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. So, the majority will be down around that mark. But we'll work hard to uh, figure out the, the rest of the pieces to these rosters, then get our MLB payrolls for 2020 officially up there. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll have a, an episode about that, a bunch of tweets about that, of course, and an article kind of breaking down where, where every team is spending their money this year, how much was spent during the offseason, all that good stuff. So plenty to come from baseball as they get going as well. All right, my thanks to Scott Allen. Nice little talk there about buyout, the buyout window, which, again, the deadline to buy a player out in the NBA is March 1st. So some of these names we mentioned, that will be the number to figure out. Outside of that, basketball is back tonight. The XFL is still here. <laughs> For now, and baseball is here as well. So thanks for joining me. Thanks to The Athletic. Visit theathletic.com slash for 40% off your annual subscription. My name is Mike Genetti. We'll be back on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs>